The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the Bears wore their uniforms and practiced against another team wearing their uniforms, and they scored more points than that team. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm the same way, man. This is preseason. I like preseason. I've always liked it. I've enjoy I enjoy watching the young guys compete. I like seeing guys you don't expect to to play. You know, get some playing time. Uh, I want to see them fight for a roster spot. But it's practice. I mean, these are these are practice. They've always been practice. There's no point in getting too high, too low. But then again, we are doing the post game show for the first time, I think ever. So maybe we should get a little fired up and have some, you know. Meatball takes out there. Super Bowl, Super Bears. Let's go. Just the first step in a long journey, my friend. <laughs> there it is. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, we'll we'll get into a bunch of stuff. We're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna start this show like every show with our trench tribute, uh, and then we will uh, talk in an open forum, uh, and then at the end we'll kind of take some Q and A. Uh, for those of you joining us and just joining us now, if you're interested in one of our T-shirts that we're we've got going on with the 500 level, uh, you know, put put your size in. We'll draw for that during this episode, and we'll, we'll get a T-shirt out to somebody. Um, if you're interested in going checking those out, Lester put an article up with our first five designs on the website, so you can see what we're working with. Or head over to 500 level and check out the Chicago Bears stuff. The coolest stuff is what um, I. Uh, help design. <laughs> and uh, if you throw in promo code gridiron20, you get 20% off that order. And it, it helps us out too, because you know that we want to show that we're uh, pushing sales to them and uh, we want to continue to get cool designs on cool players. So uh, make sure that you're doing that and helping our partners out. Uh, but let's start with the, the trench tribute. So what stuck out to you along the trenches today? You know, I thought the line was pretty solid. I know, I know both of us were a little concerned with the depth, you know, after going to training camp, but I was content with what I saw. I, I thought that the, the, the starting unit, of course, they were missing Nate Davis. Uh, it was uh, Jatiri Carter. It was, was slotted in there with the starters. But, you know, those two big touchdowns, you know, both were keyed by blocks from the from the guys up front. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that this is what you want. You, you want your, your line to make these plays. You want the, the, the receivers to make the yak. That's NFL football. It's not all about, you know, throwing a deep throwing here. It's, it's getting the guys, the, the ball in the hands, your playmakers, letting them make, make some plays. And if you're, if you're, if your guys up front are doing their job, it makes everything easier. 
Yeah. Um, did you have a specific person or just like, oh, you're just, you're just happy. You're just happy I'm guy. happy with Tevin Jenkins. I saw, I saw Darnell Wright make a nice seal block on outside run. Um, I saw him in the past for a little bit. Um, Cody Whitehair was, was hustling downfield. Uh, Carter, I already mentioned, you know, Braxton Jones was, was out in front of some plays pretty much the starting five. They all had some moments where I'm like, okay, okay. I, I like what I see from these guys here. And then even, even when the backups got in, you know, they weren't, you know, as clean as the starters, but, Overall, man, I have no complaints about the uh, the offensive line. And then the defensive linemen, too. Some of those guys flashed, which is nice to say. But I'm gonna let, I'll want i let you take some of the guys on defense. Well, I, I'm just uh, – again, it's fake football, but fake football. The, this team had no rush last year. None. None. And I, I, I looked at the, the stats at the end of the game. Eight sacks. Eight. Yeah. I mean, you know, okay, it's it's against Malik Willis and, and, and Will Levis, and, and those guys are – I mean, Will Levis, if he is going to start, he's going to take, he's going to kill uh, Carr. Uh, what's the, what's the David Carr's David record? Carr's record right? Yeah. I mean, he's just going to destroy it. Cause he, he just can't see anything. I think he might be like, have some like peripheral vision problems. Cause I've watched a little bit of his college tape. I mean, he just, I just don't think he sees things, but it's kind of open season on a guy like that, that, that doesn't have any sense of, of, of pressure, but, but eight sacks, you know, right. Four, four on each of those uh, quarterbacks for the, for the Titans. Um, but, but I wanted to ask you about uh, Terrell Lewis because he grabbed two sacks and we were both pretty impressed with what we saw from him at camp. And so do we think that Terrell Lewis may have found his way into a system that complements his abilities? And we may have, uh, we may have an uncovered gem on our hands. Well, he, he was drafted to play outside linebacker in, in a three-man front. So he was the what the Bears used to run. He was playing that role. Um, and, and you know, coming out of college, he was at Alabama. He always was pretty good getting after the quarterback. You know, maybe it's just easier for him now that he doesn't have to worry about some of the, the, the linebacker responsibilities. You know, his job now, especially in this game here, was, you know, see quarterback, get quarterback. That, that's, what his, that's what his role was. Like you said, we, we were at camp a couple days, and he flashed there. He, he has a pretty good first step. He has a pretty good bend. He has some good hand usage. I mean, I didn't think he was a lock to make the roster, you know, going in, into the game. He just keeps impressing. He keeps doing what he has to do. And then, you know, the other side, the other backup defensive end, you know, Travis Gibson, he flashed today too. So maybe the edges are a little better than what Bears fans all think. Yeah, you're, I mean, well, once you have a legitimate guy like Yannick Ngakwe, the edge of the front, it's kind of like the wide receiving core we talked about a lot with DJ Moore, right? Where you have that alpha with number one, and then that kind of sets everybody else in a more appropriate spot. So you get Yannick Ngakwe in there. He's a legitimate number one rusher. Yes, we know that he doesn't defend the run particularly well, but like he's a legitimate rusher. And so these other guys now are your number two, your number three, and maybe the Bears have a bunch of guys that are two and a half three you know like maybe they're not even true twos but that that's okay if you've got a stable and you can and you can uh, rotate in and that's really what a defense like this will thrive on is keeping these guys fresh so if you can get Terrell Lewis maybe Gibson comes back it seemed like he had kind of a slow start to camp um, you know maybe you have a few guys that can add those snaps in then you can you can see uh, what a quality defensive line rotation could be, it could be enough until you add more juice in, right? Like, which we, we've all been looking at this free agency next year and, and draft next year as, as adding in more edge help. But right now you may go with just like a deep rotation um, that, that may be able to get us through this, this 2023 season and not have a repeat of 2022 where the, the worst rush numbers in the league. 
And then another thing that really helps those edges, of course, is in interior pressure. And, you know, the Bears had a little bit of that today. Zach Pickens, who has not had the best of camps, it's been talked about quite a bit on our side as well. I mean, some of our guys were down there. He just didn't flash much. I mean, Javon Dexter, from a physical standpoint, he's still working on the get off, obviously, but he's flashed in camp quite a bit. It's not always been flashing good, but sometimes flashing bad. Pickens has kind of been a guy. He's just kind of been there. And then here he is, you know, the first time the pads are on, he's he's out on the field, gets a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He was to get some nice penetration. Fumble recovery, too. Fumble recovery, too. So, you know, these these two second-round draft picks for the Bears, you know, Dexter and Pickens, you know, Man, this is uh, it's interesting what's what's happening here. All of a sudden, the Bears go from. I'm not saying the D line is is good by any means. I mean, they still have a ways to go. They still have to prove it, obviously, in a game. But this is the post game show. This is the time for some meatball takes. So, maybe maybe not. But uh, but you know, I thought Pickens was was impressive today. Yeah, totally. Uh, And again, like you said, that was one of the notes that I had. I wanted to make sure we talked about you have these daily crumbs and we, we were able to con- contribute a few of those crumbs because we were at camp a couple days. Um, but you know, other guys that are there every day, or you get some guys that are like us that are able to come in for a few days and they sort of drop their observations. Right. And, and the more you heard or didn't hear about Zach Pickens, you're like, Oh, okay, well, you know, here's a guy that's probably just not going to do much as a rookie. You know, he'd probably stay on the 53, but he, maybe he doesn't, he dressed, he doesn't get a lot of snaps, right? He might be one of those guys. And you get him into a game, you know, and to see what he does, right? Like, that's yeah. what the preseason's fun for. And, uh, you know, see, the other thing we have to remember is the Titans might have the worst offensive line in football. What, just, what about Peter Skaronsky? I mean, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> who was that? Was it Kevin Fishman? If we, if we had a tweet of the week, um, yeah. that we, we might have put that one up. But Kevin Fishman, who I think is joking. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he I has good sense joking. of humor. Yeah, I think he was kind of playing with that. It, but here, here's the thing about that is that put a put an emoticon, uh, an emoji on there, yeah. right? Like just like put the like wink face at the end of it. You know, like that, that's what I do because I don't I don't really want people to like think that I'm being serious when I'm trying to make a joke. But to each their own. But he said something effective. This is probably a really big game for Peter Skaronsky after the Bears uh, passed him <laughs> passed up on drafting for the draft. Well, at, at, at WCG in the comment section, we have a sarcasm font, which kind of helps because, you know, these days, these days, sarcasm, satire, that's lost on a big part of the population. So it's it's tough. I mean, but again, that's part of it. I mean, if you want to throw it out there, it kind of help, helps you see who who really doesn't get it, who's not in on a joke. I think sometimes that's a, a, a little more fun to, to kind of throw those out there. And if someone gets mad at you, you're just like, oh, my God, this guy doesn't get it. It's clear. It's clearly a rib it's, it's clearly a satire but you know those things happen but I, 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 I on the rewatch i am going to try and watch him play because i did like him coming out and i do find it interesting that the titans do have him playing guard which is which a lot of analysts said he would be playing guard in the nfl that's where he's starting to guard for the titans if the bears would have picked him he would have been moved to guard there as well so I'm quite happy with how the draft turned out for the bears there is no you know hindsight drafting here i like darnell Wright. i think he's gonna be a good pro and before we move on from this uh, Dexter Pickens stuff, I just wanted to like kind of kind of do a little bit of a recap. And this is why you this is why you have to wait until the actual season plays out. And especially for these rookies, you know, they're kind of okay, like how they do. And again, defensive linemen, I think you can judge pretty quick because you should be able to get on the field 
early as a defensive lineman to make an impact. Um, you know, if you've got to put on weight and all that kind of stuff, you know, learn more moves, all that, all that stuff can, you can get better, but from a mental standpoint, you can get on the field as a defensive lineman early. Uh, when the draft happened, everybody on their pre-draft rankings, every, every ranking that I saw anyway, had Dexter ahead of Pickens. Like that, that was just pretty standard. And, and then when the draft happened, um, there were a lot of people that sh- showed the slow get off highlights from, from Dexter, which we've, we've investigated a little bit and yeah. feel like it's a lot of that might just be the technique that they were asking to play and all that kind of stuff. They're basically hold the line to gap, all this kind of stuff. And so then like, there's this like, well, I, I actually like Pickens a lot better. The, the, the Pickens pick. I like a lot better than the Dexter pick. That, that was a lot of the, the swell of conversation after that tape came out and then camp started and you didn't hear anything from, from Pickens. You didn't hear anything positive, but you heard a lot of good stuff about Dexter. And so then everybody's kind of, like, oh, I, oh, I always liked the Dexter pick and the Pickens yeah. pick. I didn't really like that much, you know? And it's like, guys, what are you doing? Just wait. You don't have yeah. to like plant your flag and any of this stuff. Wait until they get on the football field and see what these guys are. Um, that That's where I'm at. Just, just kind of wanted to make a, a general observation of what I read and see on Twitter. You don't have to jump in and like constantly change what you said your opinion was just say your opinion and then yeah. wait till it actually happens on the football field uh, i know i the other uh bears defensive tackle they drafted a, a, a bell travis bell he had a half sack late in the game i thought he uh you know he showed some explosiveness i know the bears are high on him as a seventh round pick i mean ryan Pulse talked about what a great character the guy has you know really excited to have him on the roster seventh round pick though probably not going to make the roster but if he keeps flashing like this, you know, I could see him being the one guy. Every year there's a guy as 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 the preseason winds down, you think, oh my God, they can't cut him. They'll never make it back to the practice squad. And you know, 99.9% of those guys always make it back to the practice squad because every team has those guys who are trying to sneak back to themselves. And most teams don't care what's going on with the Bears. So Travis Bell's that guy. I mean, he he has some uh, you know, he has some some juice, he has some nice hands, he has some power at the point of attack. So so nice to nice develop nice developmental prospect here in, in Travis Bell. A little shorter guy, right? Like I mean, like yeah. relatively speaking stout. for defensive yeah, lineman, yeah. very stout kind of fire hydrant build kind of guy. So uh yeah, that'll be interesting. So um okay, again, early break today because we're just doing the trench tribute and then we're gonna do a little open forum here um with our thoughts before we get into QA. Uh so stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, Lester, let's talk about the Chicago Bears winning a preseason game 23 to 17 over the Tennessee Titans. 
The floor is yours. What would you like to open with? You know, we talked a little bit about the rookie class earlier. Let's keep it going with with Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback. You know, I, I thought he had a nice game. He's very feisty. We kind of heard about him being feisty from some national guys that were at, at House Hall. They were mentioning how he's kind of re- re- a bit lippy, uh, a bit physical, you know, and, you know, he is from the U, you know, Miami University. That kind of goes with the territory there. So he was in a battle with uh, with Terrell Smith uh, during camp. Smith, of course, has got a, a little small injury he's kind of dealing with. He didn't play in the game. Stevenson shine, man. I mean, if, if again, if second-round draft, if you're expecting something out of him, but if he can kind of show that he had seven tackles in a game, one tackle for loss, a pass defense, I think Stevenson uh, may have kind of taken the lead in that battle for the uh, starting corner spot along with Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I completely agree. And and as again, something we've talked about many times, corner is a very difficult position to learn. Uh, yeah. You're going to get beat up. You're going to take your lumps as a rookie, but we like a lot of what we've heard and what we've seen on a Terrell Smith. Like I'm not taking anything away from him. That's great. Like, I mean, if he can be uh, a guy that competes or maybe he even he's the top backup, that's great. But clearly Tyreek Stevenson is drafted because he had uh, a little bit more of a higher ceiling and you expect him to maybe be able to come in and play earlier. And like you said, he's from Miami and those guys, DBs from Miami, right? Those guys have a little bit of swag. And so it's not surprising that he came in and sort of had that like, I belong attitude. And it was nice to see him. I mean, he closes quick. I mean, he, he diagnoses plays, closes quick, and he, he's a willing hitter. And so I think that that was a very nice debut from him to a lot of Bears fans that, you know, tuned into their first preseason game, maybe haven't been following along. But who's that guy, right? Like, you know, kind of – it's one of those, like, uh, the Leo on the couch, you know, like, yeah. hey, I know, what's that? I, 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 like, I like that, right? DB that it wants to come up and hit. So, yeah, I agree. Definitely uh, popped off the screen to me and uh, was, a, was a nice debut for him. I thought he played a bit more than I thought he would. I know the Bears played a few of their 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 name guys, so to speak, a bit longer than I thought. But you know, they want to get a look at these guys. They want to get a look at him in some live action. Um, but but like I said, he, he had a nice game. The, the injury to Smith does not seem serious. Of course, we'll never know because the Bears don't. You know, they don't say what actually is going on with some of these players. But from what the beat guys said, they didn't notice anything. You know, severe happened. I'm guessing he'll be back. Bears play preseason again in a week. We'll get we'll have a chance to see both those guys out there. So let's talk about the two big touchdown plays on the first two drives from the first team offense with Justin Fields um, playing quarterback uh, during those two very abbreviated drives. First one was uh, capped off with a 62 yard DJ Moore screen taken to the house, um, and then the next drive was a 56 yard Khalil Herbert screen taken to the house. Uh, so you got Juice Herbert and you've got the the new number one wide receiver in DJ Moore doing incredible things with uh, with the ball in their hand. That's what you want to see. So what was the what was with the, you know, uh, hating on on Twitter from some people, including Bears beat writers that were like, eh, you know, basically wake me up when he does X, Y or Z. You spent the whole offseason saying he can't do the little stuff. Yeah. And then that's exactly what he does in the first two drives is handed off to playmakers that go and make plays. And one, thank you, DJ Moore, for being on this team. And two, uh, thank you, <laughs> uh, Khalil Herbert, for getting involved in the passing game because, yes, please. Right. That's exactly what I want to see. I want to see both of those things. 
Three for three, 129 yards, two touchdowns, 158.3 passer rating. I believe that's perfect. That's a perfect pass. That. Yeah, exactly. So social media is just strange because some of these guys were complaining the entire offseason about Justin Fields. Oh, he he doesn't take what the defense gives him. You know, he he's he's trying to do it all on his own. He's trying to, you know, make plays with his feet. Oh, he's just you know, he's he's chucking the ball deep all the well, here he is taking what the defense gives him. And the, the DJ Moore pass, a little behind him, but it was still catchable ball, DJ Moore. That's what you want your legitimate number one wide receiver to do, make a play and make a, another play and, and go to the house. And then the pass to Khalil Herbert, he escaped some pressure there. Uh, it was a re- real nice play by by Fields. Made, he, he made the pass to Herbert. Herbert took it to the house. You know, Herbert talked about he worked on his long speed this offseason, so we saw it happen right there. The thing with the Herbert touchdown, go. In- Amazing finish to the end of the run. Yes. Like, I mean, like that was like nose for the end zone. Like he, by all rights, he should have been tackled at like the five, but he, he had the nose for the end zone to complete the touchdown. I, I mean, there's just like, you know, I'm number one juice Herbert fan, right? Juice like, Herbert I, mean, I get it. It's well-established, but also that was awesome. So sorry. Was, keep going. We're talking about the play here. Um, a lot of people after the play happened, they went back and they watched the replay. They went back and they checked the screenshots. Oh, they were had a couple of guys downfield too early. Okay, if you have to check the replay, if you have to get a screenshot, you have to zoom it in to see, you know, with the line of scrimmage. If you're doing all this stuff to discredit the play, let that go. It's just ridiculous. Were they past the one-yard buffer? Possibly. But it's when the ball is released from his hand. That's a bang bang play for a referee to make. That's a play they probably don't make, you know, in, in, in a real game, let alone a practice game. So it happens. The Bears may, may have caught a break. Who cares? There's, there's so much, you know, drama on Twitter, especially from fans of other teams. You know, they're trying to discredit whatever Justin Fields does. It's it's who cares, you know. But if it was their guy, it'd be okay. But if since it's the Bears guy, it's a problem. The number of people that need to have their priors confirmed yeah. <laughs> and, and they will do anything they can to make yeah. that happen. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable to me as, as someone who, uh, you know, spent a lot of time studying different sciences I and mean, not to get into that, but like, you know, that is my professional training is as a scientist, I just want more data. I want more data so that I can make a better decision, yeah. right? That's, you've known me for almost a decade. How many times have I told you that? I just, I want more data. I want I want to be able to see more, right? The number of people that want to make an opinion before they see anything and then try to retrofit it, it, anything that happens in under that umbrella, it, it's just, I don't get it. I don't, and I really don't understand what the point is. Like just what, just wait and watch. <laughs> and that's the fun part of being a football fan is seeing what your team's going to do and then, and then figuring it out after you see it, not trying to predict it, what's going to happen. Anyway, sports writers used to actually write about what happened and not just like have to prognosticate what's, what's going to happen and then try to like pretend like they got it right every time. I, I don't know. Well, it seems like a lot of guys, they'll make an opinion on something and they do everything they can to make their original opinion valid. Right. I got no problem. If I'm wrong about something, or if I'm wrong about a play, or if I'm wrong about a guy I think is going to do this or a guy who's going to do that, it happens. You know, that's just, I'm, I'm going to admit it because it's, it's not that big a deal to me. I don't really care if, if, if I was wrong on this player, if, if I thought, you know, David Montgomery was going to be this and he ended up being that. I don't care if I thought, you know, Justin Fields was this. I, I think Justin Fields would be the guy. 
if he's not the guy, what am I going to do? Cry about it or keep trying to twist the narrative to, to fit what I wanted to believe? I thought Mr. Trubisky was going to be the guy. You know, I had some doubts. I had some concern about certain areas. But, you know, it kind of at some point during his tenure, my opinion changed. And I think if you're not changing your opinion as someone who, who likes to cover the football, who, who understands it, who tries to analyze the game, if you don't change your opinion when the data changes – you're a jackass. You're just trying to be a troll. And that's basically what some of these guys are doing is they're, they're, they're sticking under the guns no matter what. They're trying to troll things out there because they love the engagement and they know it riles people up. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably why I'm never going to be great at that part of the uh, reporting right. thing because I just don't really think that but, way. So, But this is the post game. We, sh- we should get more. We, we should. We should. So <laughs> I've got a couple of post game then questions for you based okay. on what we saw today. So I'm going to the running back spot. There's you're not going to carry six running backs, right? No. Especially if you ha- if you're going to carry a fullback and, and blasting game, which we, we believe he's probably going to be one of the one of the guys that are going to make the final roster. So y- we feel pretty confident that you're going to see Juice Herbert, you're going to see Deonta Foreman, and and you're going to see uh, the rookie Roshan Johnson make the final 53. But there's a battle going on, and some some people don't want to carry another running back. I, I understand that, but I think that there's a there's a real chance that there's going to be one extra one additional spot here, and that spot I think is going to come down to Travis Homer versus Tristan Ebner. Now I have been on record, I think, of saying that I like Homer a lot more than Ebner. I just didn't really see it in practices with Ebner. I really didn't like what I saw from Ebner last year uh, it, during game action. And so I am admitting to you right now that like I when I watch these two guys, I'm a little bit uh, biased because I I do have brought in some some feelings here. So I'm curious to you what you saw today. Do you have a sense of where that roster spot might go to? I also like Travis Homer. When they made the signing at first, I'm like, like most Bears fans, who the hell is this guy? But then you go into the tape, you kind of see what he does, what he did in in Seattle. I look at some of his, his college tape. He's a quick player. He has good feet, you know, good acceleration. He's outstanding on third downs out of the backfield. He's pre- he's pretty good with, with with his receptions. He's also a good pass blocker. So I, I may be biased as well towards him. But Ebner has had a nice camp so far. I think he may have had the uh, the one of the bigger runs you know, when when the pads have gone on a couple days ago at camp. You know, it, it's a true battle. But I do think Homer because of the paycheck, um, he got a pretty good deal. He's pretty good on special teams. I think he sticks. I think the Bears are going to carry, you know, four tailbacks along with the fullback. And I think Treston Ebner, I think they like him, but they're going to let him go and bring him back for the practice squad because you got you always have a few backs in the practice squad. And and right now that's looks like the best place for Ebner. But a lot of times we see these guys, man, year one to year two, it's a big step. You know, out of college, Ebner looked explosive. He looked like he was going to be a great third down back. That did not translate, whether it was just him not, not understanding the pro game. Um, he was think, uh, thinking too much when he was out there. He looked pretty bad last year. We, we thought he'd be in the mix for the kick returns as well last year. None of that ever happened. But now here he is year two. The playbook is, is, is absorbed much better than it was a year ago. He feels more comfortable. He's having a pretty good camp. I mean, he's going to make it a, t- a tough decision, but ultimately I think practice squad. And then if there's an injury, because, you know, there's always injuries to that position. They'll bring him up and, uh, and and let him get some time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good that you are reflecting my you. my opinion. It's always <laughs> nice to hear yeah, your yeah. your opinion reflected. Now, I want to ask you. I, let's keep going with this kind of idea here. So, Valus Jones Jr. Not a good day. Not a good rookie season, and not a good day today. 
had had the fumble. Um, not great reports coming out of camp. Uh, a lot on on Valus Jones. Is this is is he in danger of losing a roster spot? I didn't think he was when I looked at the the roster how it was kind of structured, but the more he's having tr- trouble with the punt returns because ideally you want your returner to do both. You want him to be a kick returner, punt returner. That helps you know save a roster spot. Um, maybe Tyler Scott is your punt returner. We'll see there. But Bayless Jones looks like he's fighting himself on all these punt returns. He, he did it last year too. He had a fumble today. He just doesn't look like he's comfortable. He can't read the ball right. He he, he doesn't really know when to attack the ball. Um, he, he let one bounce like he did last year too. So if Bayless can show he can cover kicks, maybe he has a chance to stick to the roster. Um, but right now, I mean, your, your top four look pretty set. Equinemy St. Brown, to me, looks like he's a lock because he can play special teams. So Bayless Jones, I don't know, man. Maybe Dante Pettis, you know, now that he's healthy, maybe he'll play next week. Maybe because one thing Pettis gives you is he can field the punt. He's smart back there. He has not shown the same kind of explosiveness he did in college where he was one of the greatest return guys ever in college. It doesn't translate. He hasn't really shown that in the NFL. But if you trust him, I think that's the guy you got to put back there. That's interesting. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if if Ryan Poles can – admit that that pick maybe it didn't work out a lot of gms will you know continue to kind of stick with their guys seems like polls might be willing to admit that he's made a mistake but um i'm I'm very curious about that one and then this one is i don't it's the post game so this is me being like as reactionary as i ever get but do we need to talk about backup quarterback pj walker did not the greatest games and uh, Nate Peterman looked uh, looked pretty crisp, but you know he was playing against twos and threes. I don't know. I mean, f- personally, I think PJ Walker is going to be the guy. I would like to see them cut Peterman because Peterman is not a guy that's going to have a lot of interest around the league. Peterman can kind of stay home, stay in this playbook, stay in shape, and then if you need a veteran, okay, we we need you. You know, injury, we need you to come back, and then keep badging on your practice squad as an undrafted free agent. You know, he, he has nice arm talent. He looks smart with the ball. He, he, he ran the, he looked like a quarterback running the offense and that's what you kind of want. He threw a ton of passes in college. Yeah, it was small school, but he set a ton of records. Um, he looks like he understands what's going on there. That's what I would do. If I was running the show, I would, uh, you know, keep the UDFA, let Peterman, you know, beat it. And then, if if something does happen, you need a vet because I think in a game situation you would trust Peterman over the rookie. So you just you're basically saying that you're going to rent out a condo yeah. in in Lake Forest and just be like, hey man, you know if you want to want to hang here for the fall, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea. And then in case something happens, you you bring him in. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just curious. Um. And and I'm again, this is as reactionary as I'll get, but. I'm I'm curious if they want to let Peterman play earlier in in the next preseason game. I don't know. I'm just, but I, they've given Walker the clear two snaps and, and all yeah. through camp, and you can't overreact to a small slice of of, of a preseason game. But uh, yeah, it looked looked a little off today. Did not have his best. Did not have his best game with him. Walker um, seems to want to go deep when he when he has a chance. So so maybe they just got to reel that in a little bit. And yeah. uh, you know, kind of like what Fields has done. Fields early in his career was would, would tend to want to go deep. Maybe that's where that's where Walker's headspace is, trying to make the big play. But 
you know, just take it easier on the offense. Let your uh, skill guys make the plays. The last note that I have written down and I'll, and we'll let you empty your notebook after that was a uh, oh boy, the guillotine. <laughs> I knew you were coming with that one. Yeah. It looked pretty good. Didn't he? Yeah. Plus, he had the, the Taylor Swift shirt on, you know, pregame. So that was. I know. I'm, I'm trying to build, uh, you know, a, a guillotine support group, you know, to to try to get that out there more. So, and I know that there's some some Taylor Swift fans, so I I did retweet that out. Um, so trying to get our our guy from Bleacher Nation to uh, to help me push the the guillotine name. But in all seriousness, you know, I know he worked really hard in the off season and that, that, that year one to year two, it can help punters as well. Yeah. Right. And so that year of being in the professional system, working on his game, I think we're going to maybe see a little bit more distance. I mean, he was kind of like league average last year, which I, which I said, like, I think that's pretty good for a punter uh, as a rookie. And uh, I think he might see a little bit more, uh, distance on his punts, and I think the accuracy of trying to drop punts inside the 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 twenty, inside the ten. I think you're going to see it a little bit. That was it was actually really impressive showing in practice that first day we were there. Yeah. Where he was just kind of dropping them in at like the five, uh, and and even doing some coffin corner work. So I'm, yeah, we would love to just see the Bears score every every play, but punters can honestly add some legitimate value to your team if you're putting the opposing offense in a in a in a hole to start a drive that's that's shown by a lot of statistical studies that punters can actually um add points to the game or take away points from the other team so uh it's it's not a it's not a nothing like it's kind of important that you can have a punter that can that can play decently well and punt you know and in chicago wins as well so um i'm hopeful that gill is going to take that next step well, he averaged 50 yards on his, on his four punts. He had a long of 60. Uh, he did drop one inside the 20. His net was under 40. Um, but the net, a lot of it is, uh, besides hang time, the, the net is also has a lot to do with your coverage units. And since it's a preseason game, a lot of moving parts, the guys they're going to have, you know, when the season starts as, as your main, you know, punt coverage guys may not be in there right now. So, Again, the, the leg is – he worked on his leg, uh, get the hang time up there. He's, he's booming the ball a little bit now. Like I said, in camp when we were there, he looked pretty good, you know, putting those balls in the, in the coffin corner. So, Trenton Gill – I knew you were going to bring him up. That's why I just saved him, let you drop in the guillotine there and uh, and, and, and see what happens. Oh, what about you? Anything left on your notebook that you'd like to talk about? I think we hit most of it. I mean, the I, I like the the play from Isaiah Ford late, where he kind of had a nice move off the line. This is a guy that in, in camp when we were there, I, I thought he did some nice things there. I heard some other stuff from the beat guys that were down there talking about him. Long shot to make the roster, you know. But the Bears did just cut uh, Aaron Cruikshank, uh, who was a early fan favorite because of that one handed catch. But uh, ultimately, you know, it's it's you know he's a practice squad hopeful at best uh, but here's a guy Isaiah Ford I think has a good chance to stick around for the uh, for the practice squad um you know help just bolstered this team will have some difficult cuts for a change and that's all to Ryan Poles building a roster getting more depth you know there are several guys we didn't get, have a chance to see play today uh so when some of those guys come back it's going to push more guys down the depth chart um one guy we didn't talk about yet and that's Noah Sewell mm-hmm. uh the rookie uh from Oregon he's flashing man i mean he's had a nice camp the beat guys have talked about him we've heard a lot of nice stuff about sewell of course he's having his chance here because jack sanborn has been injured uh, for for most of the offseason so sewell's been getting those 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 one reps at the sam 
Sewell looks like he belongs for sure. I mean, yeah, it's preseason, but you know, post game hot take. No Sewell looks like that's his job to lose right now at the Sam, which would be over Jack Sanborn. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a lot of fans that you know, how could they do this to Jack Sanborn? He's an undrafted free agent last year. He kind of came in, and if you remember correctly, Jack Sanborn, a lot of fans liked him. Obviously, he was he's a, a local kid from Lake Zurich, you know, but he wasn't really on anyone's radar as far as being a, a starting quality guy, and that's what he ended up turning into because the Bears were so bad. But in preseason games is when he really flashed. He was great on special teams that helped him make the roster coming out of camp. He kind of, you know, he he did just enough to kind of get some reps there as the season went on. They traded Roquan. They put him in the spot, and, and I thought Sanborn played good. You know, I mean, the Bears, they clearly like Sanborn because he was part of a lot of their offseason promo packages. He was in that uh, the, the, the the Mr. Beef Diner spoof. He was mm-hmm. in that. He was on the uh, the, the, the scorecard for the uh, for the uh, camp one of the days. So they like Sanborn enough to, to promote him. So Noah Sewell's just beating him out. Yeah, and and you love to see that, right? Like, <laughs> you want this team to improve. You want this team to be better. You want these draft, draft choices to work out. The Sewell pick, fascinating, because coming into the year, if you look at preseason, you know, Jacob Infante could talk about this, uh, I'm sure, at length, but you look at where he was at or how he was thought of, Sewell, that is, um, coming into the last uh, college football season, a lot of people had him as a first-round draft pick. And so he had a bad year. Okay. But like, you might have just kind of gotten again, a, a little bit of a value pick there and you add him to the two big free agent acquisitions. Now you got a linebacking core that looks like legitimately one of the more talented groups in the entire league. And that isn't to say that Jack Sanborn won't keep that starting job for a while, or maybe he becomes the top backup at the mic and at the Sam, which that's great, right? That's a, that's an incredible uh, trajectory for an undrafted free agent to be able to contribute on special teams and be the top backup at two spots on the defense. You're going to play, you're going to dress, and you're going to be playing for the team that you cheered for as a local kid growing up. Like, what are we talking about here, guys? He can still be a fan favorite. He can still be a guy that you cheer for, even if he's not going to be getting maybe as many reps as, as we would have projected him at the end of last year when he was like the only legitimate linebacker they had at one point. Um, I think they were just, they should have just ran like a, like a five, one, whatever yeah. that would be five. <laughs> right. Um, Cause at some point last year, they didn't have anybody else, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that Sewell's very exciting and I can't wait until he beats his brother for a sack in one of the Detroit games. Oh, I'm just, man. I'm just really excited for that. So let's just call it now. Color shot. So that worked for me. Yeah. It was funny because a lot of fans they draft and they thought, oh, he's going to play edge for, for the Bears. And I'm like, ah, I can't see him playing edge because of the length. The Bears have a type. You know, they definitely have a type at the edge. And, you know, and Sewell was playing a different scheme his last season at Oregon. Prior to that, he was, you know, I, I think it was Jacob may have said that, you know, two years ago, he was projected as a, as a possible second or third round pick. Scheme change, you know, again, a lot of this stuff is if the talent does not fit the scheme, it's hard really to shine. So here's Sewell kind of slipped through the cracks and I'm going on, on day three and the bears may have found a steal. Yeah. Happens every year. Let's yep. hope that it starts happening regularly to the bears and not yes, these other exactly. teams. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate to see those tweets about, Oh, I can't believe that, you know, 31 other teams pass on this guy this many times. And we, the Ravens take him in round five and now he's, you know, it's like, yeah, why why is it always the ravens or the steelers or the eagles right like you can't have 
nice things in Chicago. So hopefully those things start to happen with Ryan Poles and his staff. But I don't have anything else. It's fake football, but it's fun. Bears get a W yes. on the board. Um, Justin Fields has a perfect passer rating in the preseason. You got to love that. I don't care how it came about. Um, any final thoughts before we click out of this and stick around for the YouTube gang? I think it's good. I mean, we are giving away a shirt, correct? So uh, yep. what was the rules? And just kind of we're going to pick a, a random person that that it gives us a size. Like what are the sizes we have again? Well, to give away, I've got a medium, a, a large, and an XL. But like, okay. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll, um, figure we'll, out. we'll, we'll cut off the podcast here. Uh, so for those of you uh, that are just listening uh, on the podcast, thank you for joining us and sticking with us on this recap. Bears win 23 to 17. And uh, we will come at you with more Bear and Balance throughout the year, uh, where we have a little bit more time to review the tape and give a more balanced perspective. Um, but, you know, we did our best to do a quick post game. So uh, stick with us this year. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, and until next time, bear and balance. <laughs>